Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the greattalkzone.com internet radio. And uh, it's been a while. So, you know, I'm going to say, how are you guys out there? You know, I missed, you know, having, um, um, you know, up-to-date broadcasts, but still, you know, my broadcasts are good and, and relevant as always, as I say that um, you can listen to any of my broadcasts going all the way back. Um, because actually, I'll be celebrating eight years with Talk Zone this coming November. Wow! So, um, you know, but they they are my broadcasts are archived, and as I said, that um, all of what I talked about uh, is is very interesting, and uh, the overwhelming majority of it is still relevant for today. So, it's a beautiful, beautiful day, um, listeners, that God has given us. So. Go on and make the best of it. And I have two quotes that I would like to start, you know, to help with the day, to start to make it a beautiful day. This is um, uh, Peter 4, 8, and it says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And the other quote is from one of my favorite is Og Mandino. I quoted something from him. Um, last month or, or month before last. And this one says, beginning today, treat everyone you meet as if they were going to be dead by midnight. Extend to them all the care, kindness, and understanding you can muster and do it with no thought of any reward. Your life will never be the same again. Og Mandino. I love it. This is very apropos to uh, my monologue that I'm going to talk to you guys about and um, which is um, simplifying your life and um, also being grateful. A lot of uh, gratitude is not <laughs> is not uh, extended nowadays. Um, the world is progressively uh, different and in a lot of ways it is not a good different, although there is still very much good in our world. Don't kid yourself because it's always reported something bad or crazy is happening, but there's a tremendous amount of good, but, and we want to keep it that way. We want to expound on it that way. Now, today, my guest is going to be Brian Keyes. Yes, he has the same last name as mine. Yes, he's my husband. He hasn't been on for a long time and he is a technology guru. He's been in that field for over 30 years of experience in the field. And uh, we're going to have a great conversation um, about several topics, and one of them um, definitely related to his field. We're going to talk about the future of employment as it relates to today's future outlook on how it also relates to business owners and their employees. You know, like um, a lot of work from home, you know, you guys are hearing about a lot of that, you know, working from home and so forth and so on. So we're going to we're going to talk about all of that, you know, and as I said, again, I hope that all is well with you all out there. So let's get started. Let's talk about. Um, 10 ways to simplify your life. Now, one of my most favorite ministers is Joyce Meyer and all of you who uh, listen to me will know that. And um, she talked on her recent program on the 14th of this month about 10 ways to simplify your life. And I would like to go through that with you all, for all of you all who have not heard it. And, um, you know, you will hear it. And for all of those who you who have heard it, you'll be hearing it again. OK, the first thing she says is to get rid of clutter. Um, in your life, you know, as it you know, because. Life has become so complicated, but we can do things to ease the complications so that in spite of this or these complications in your life, you can elevate your mind, your soul, and your spirit, okay? 
And you have some boundaries and borders on how much junk you're going to keep in your house. She says, if you're not using it, you need to lose it. Now, she also says, if you are surrounding, I'm sorry, if your surroundings look confused and stressful, then it's going to make you look confused and stressful. And she's reminding us that God is not the altar of confusion and disorder, but of peace and order. Okay. So that she wants you to know. And she also talked about um, some people are paying for things that they're not using. A lot of people, and particularly, you know, with the ability to buy online, you buy things. And then two or three years later, as you're maybe going through something, getting rid of clutter, you go, oh, my God, I, God, I, I forgot I bought this camera already three years ago and never used it. So just be watchful of that. The second thing is when you want to need or when you have something that you, you want to get done, ask God for it to provide it and forget about it. You pray about it and you forget about it. Stop stressing about things you can't do anything about. Just trust in God and anything that you're asking for, just knowing that it will be answered. Okay. Um, she says to be yourself and stop trying to impress other people. Whew. That was a moment for me. Stop pretending, comparing, and, and, you know, and competing with other people. Just be yourself. This is something that I learned a long time ago as a child. My aunt, um, Leida, who is now with the Lord, she taught me that. To, you don't go out, as well as my father, you don't go out to try to impress people. Just be yourself. Don't be easily offended and quick not to forgive. She says that bitterness, offensiveness, anger, and unforgiveness are some of the most stressful things you can have in your heart. And, you know, what stress can do to your heart. It's not good for your health. The fifth thing is that when you sin, admit it. Admit to God that, okay, I'm, I've made a sin. And I'm asking for your forgiveness. And remember, there is no condemnation and get on with your life. Don't let the mistake of yesterday ruin today. The sixth thing she says is give people mercy instead of trying to get revenge. If someone does something, you know, nasty to you or whatever, you know, you have to remember that God is the God of, of um, vengefulness. He will do what it is that he needs to do to correct whatever wrong it is that someone has done um, to you in your life. So remember that. Okay. And the, I, there's one more thing I want to say about that, you know, about mercy is because you have to remember, you know, because you're going to sometime in your life, you're going to want to mercy to be have upon you. So remember that let's not be so, you know, so quick to, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to forgive you. I'm not going to, you know, have any mercy on you. We have to watch that because we're all connected. Okay. The next thing she says is when you need help, ask for it. I always say that we do not have because we do not ask. Can you please help me? Can you, can you guide me to where it is I need to go? Can you help me to understand this? Don't be so prideful that you're not going to ask for help. Make solid decisions. Stop being so indecisive about everything, she says. She says, you know, some people can even be indecisive as they go to a restaurant and take, you know, five or six minutes before they even know, oh, wait, I think I'm going to order this. I'm going to order that. Uh, I don't know. That, that also, believe it or not, adds to stress. The next thing she says is don't be overcommitted. Like some people will say, well, you know, um, Joyce, you know, can you um, um, babysit? Oh, sure. I can babysit tonight. You know, knowing that you already have committed yourself to doing other things in your life. Maybe it's perhaps something with your husband or your children, or you just want to take that time to rest. You have to remember that. Don't overcommit yourself. Okay. 
And then she said, you know, when you're when you're saying that, okay, this is something that I want to do, then you need to take some time and think about it. You know, okay, what how is this going to impact me? A lot of people, you know, well, I want to help, but you know, I gosh, I I I, I but I said that I was gonna do this and I was gonna do something else. Then this is why she's saying to be very careful about that. Um Quickly, because I want to bring my guests on, I just want to mention a couple other things. Don't give advice people don't want. A lot of people are readily available to give advice and a lot of people don't want to hear it. Don't let your feelings be hurt if they don't want to take that advice either. Compliment people 100 times more than you criticize them. (laughs) I bet that's a big one for a lot of you. Compliment people 100 times more than you criticize them. Okay. So these are the things that, you know, I would just like to remind you of listeners because we are living in some very stressful times. And this, what, what cracks me up, and, and she, was, she didn't say crack her up, but what cracks me up is that psychologists are now saying, oh, well, you know, that um, um, we noticed that if people are happy, it reduces stress. No kidding. God has been saying that for eons. And then the, the, the psychologists have even named it positive psychology. Once again, God knew that well before them. So I just want you guys to, you know, maintain um, your, your stress level to be as low or none as possible, particularly as we are continuing to unfortunately be in a pandemic. And I know that you all out there want to live your life as well as you should live your lives. So, but just just be cognizant of the things that I just spoke about. And thank you for listening to that. And right now, I am going to bring on my guest. Once again, his name is Brian Keyes. He is a technology guru with over 30 years of experience in the field. Thank you, Brian, for being on my show today. Excuse me. Thanks very much. I'm happy to be here and happy to engage you and your listeners. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Oh, fantastic. Well, this is going to be good. As I said in my show's description, um, we're going to talk about a few things. And I think that I would like to start off with the um, future of employment as it relates to today's future um, outlook on how it relates to business owners and their employees. Now, um, you know, Brian, there's a lot of um, uh, talk, but you and I have been knowing about this for decades because we've done it. We've been there, done that about uh, working remote. You know, that word is 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 um, it being very popular now. Oh, you know, yeah, you know, remote, you know, remote. But we've done that and traveled the world simultaneously for our clients and um, also for ourselves, but maintained our uh, validity with our clients. So uh, besides the pandemic, Brian, that has now sparked remote um, workers, okay? People want to be remote because, you know, it. a lot of people are thinking, well, it saves on gas. You know, um, it helps me out with babysitters. Um, I don't have to buy all of these smashy-pansy clothes and um, and and buy lunches, you know, whatever the reasons may be that they prefer to work from home. Now, do you believe that because these people, every, everyone, it seems like everyone wants to work from home, do you think that all of them are qualified to work from home? Oh, definitely not. Um, I mean, the jury is still out as to whether employers are going to really embrace remote work. I've seen reports that are totally contradictory to each other, that some say <laughs> that, you know, the brick and mortar is, uh, is history, mm-hmm. and, and some that say that <clears throat> um, remote is the new normal, and that's that, you know, past COVID, that's how it's going to proceed. I think it's going to be a mix like it always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to say one more quick thing, you know, there was a, a huge trend prior to COVID away from remote work, which may be very surprising 
to people who are listening here, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> thinking that, you know, we're all on the internet and we're, you know, interconnected and we have all these tools uh, to utilize, you know, uh, for remote work, et cetera. But actually companies were um, trending away from remote work. They were listening to some consulting firms that were saying, you know, <laughs> it's more efficient to have people all working together in the same location, uh, which actually this experiment proved totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got a huge investment in uh, brick and mortar facilities, mm-hmm. and they still to and now after you know during and after COVID still want to fill those facilities and utilize them since they have that investment. Yeah. But <laughs> to answer your question. <laughs> Um, not everyone is, is capable or qualified. Um, you're probably everyone's familiar with the term, you know, the water cooler discussions, right? Well, mm-hmm. a lot of people need that interaction on their day-to-day basis and actually mm-hmm. have, have issues mm-hmm. if they don't get that personal interaction, not only to, for work, but for just a personal <laughs> connection. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Because yep. I, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you here, but I, you know, I, you know, you and I have talked as, as you know, you're, you're managing and things like that. And, you know, I've managed and all of that is that some people just do not want to be at home because they don't want the responsibility. This, this sounds sad, but it's true. They don't want the responsibility of some of the things that I've mentioned, uh, um, you know, uh, previously, like they don't want to, um, watch over their children. They don't want to do whatever. And then, and then being very honest to Brian, everybody is not ambidextrous enough. And this is something that um, employers should also look at if they have not already, that a lot of people are just not ambidextrous enough. Then this is why they need to be in and, you know, under that regimented rule of, okay, uh, it, it may sound childish or, or whatever, but okay, um, all right, Don, I need for you to now do this. Once you get that report out, can you take it over to finance or can you email it to find it? You know, some people want, need that. And and yes, like you said, the water cooler, some of them like, you know, miss that, all of the office gossip and, and other things, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the other thing I want to comment on is a huge investment. Yes. There, yeah, there's a huge investment, huge investment that organizations have made. But let but let me ask you this from a futuristic um point of view, do you think that, you know, because some of these companies have very extravagant campuses, you know, they 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 stop from calling it, you know, I'm you know, the workplace, they're calling it canvases now where they have gyms and some of them may even have um, uh, facilities for, for childcare and things like that. So do you think um, Brian, that now with all of this, the, you know, with the COVID and everything and, and a lot of the um, uh, getting pushback from a lot of the, uh, or, you know, company organizations saying, no, you got to come into work knowing that it's dangerous, but they're thinking about their bottom line with their investment do you think that the, you know, the powers to be when they were getting all this together just did not apply their futuristic aptitude when they <laughs> when they were doing this? You know what I mean? You know, maybe yeah. were they not were they not noticing the temperature of the, you know, of the change of, of how businesses are going to be, you know, perform? So what, what do you think about that? Oh, that, that's a definite. <laughs> um, as you know. Um, you know, we have a number of clients that uh, where I work and um, every single one of them have a return to office uh, project or plan. Mm-hmm. And it's it is actually pretty disconcerting because I feel that they are totally disconnected. And most of these plans were were started during the, the the fall or you know this this spring <coughs> peak mm-hmm. and um some have even not backed down from it 
that mm-hmm. they're they're just so committed to these these things. Uh, one client has actually made an agreement with the state of New Jersey to mm-hmm. to develop a huge campus there, and they've finished the construction during COVID and are insisting not only do people work on site, but they relocate a lot of people from around the country to that location because they're getting tax breaks from the state of New Jersey. Uh-huh. And that is an extremely common happenstance. And these companies have these commitments that they've made to um, typically state or local um, governments to, to increase their tax uh, revenues mm-hmm. and, and, and to, you know, by, by doing so, they reduce their own tax burden. So mm-hmm. it, it can be very complicated. There are a lot of business reasons for this as well, but they, uh, I, I feel that they are, are putting blinders on because mm-hmm. they're not paying attention to the fact that we literally are, from a COVID perspective, doing worse than in the peaks, the previous peaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. didn't even think about the fact that, oh, it's fall. You're going to have the fall flu season. Well, guess what? The COVID is a virus mm-hmm. and it gets transmitted during the fall just like, and caught uh, more, more aggressively, just like any other virus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I have to say with, with, with all of that, even though that there are business commitments and they have these, these costs that inherent in some mm-hmm. of these huge campuses that they've built, they, they are putting blinders on just forcing their employees. And I will tell you those companies are seeing mm-hmm. huge turnover since you're since one of the subjects that we're going to talk about is the future of technology employment mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. country. Um, they are losing tech people and just people in, by the droves. Most of mm-hmm. these companies, HR teams are so busy. They can't keep up with the people retiring and leaving. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, thank you for that. Well said, you know, because, the thing of it is, is that uh, people, um, you know, a lot of organizations want to do what they have always done. You know, uh, change is inevitable, but a lot of people fight change. I've discussed that on my shows, previous shows before. A lot of people just do not want to adapt to change, Brian. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, people in that meeting, the organization's power to be a lot of um individuals, employee, employees don't want to adapt to the change um, either, you know, but um, yeah, so I, you know, I, 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 and I hear what you're saying, because yeah, we do, we, we discuss this, you know, a lot, you know, and, and this just goes to show you how hard, you know, um, you know, like the, the company there in uh, Jersey down, I would, I would have thought that they should have, you know, said, wait a minute, let's, go back to the drawing board on this thing. Look at how things are, are happening in the world. We are not just one country. We are globalized and have always been globalized. And unfortunately, you know, some people are just finding this out in the last uh, few um, years, okay, yep. that, you know, about globalization. I've been talking about globalization since the 80s. You know, and they were looking at me like, what are you talking about? There's no such thing. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, but the thing is, is that unfortunately with this virus, um, people have to understand that we're all breathing the same air and that um, if if one country is not doing this due diligence to curtail the virus, if, if each country is not doing their due diligence to curtail um, the, the virus, then, you know, it's, it's going to be here. Unfortunately, of course, that's a whole nother subject. But, um, okay, I appreciate your comment um, on that. Is there anything else you would like to say? Because I, I would like to move on to um, the next topic. Um, nope, go ahead. Okay. Now, let's talk about the lack of financial awareness, okay, uh, which is kind of <laughs> akin to what we just got through speaking about. Now, what I mean by this, what do you mean by the lack of financial awareness, Teresa? Well, this is what I mean by this. People want to have better lives, better financial structure for themselves and their families, knowledge of how to turn $1,000 into thousands of dollars. 
people hear these stories on how people invested small amounts of monies into thousands of dollars and continuing to capitalize that into you know, keep rolling in and rolling in, Brian, into millions and et cetera. Now, they, they need to know and should know how to invest and receive ROIs, return on investments, on their investments, okay? So how can this be achieved? Well, <laughs> here's my thought, starting with the educational system in this country. As you have heard me talk about this, and I'm just being very blunt, curt, however you want to say it, but it's the truth. The educational system in this country sucks. It lacks a whole lot. The educational system has failed on many accounts. One of them is teaching students, our children, heck, ourselves, when we were coming up in school about money management, starting on the small scale, Brian, and then continuing on broader knowledge. Why? This is an essential and beautiful um, uh, tool of knowledge for life preparedness. And a lot of people just don't understand it. Just simplistic things like, Brian, how to start a, a, a check in the savings account, how to write a check, uh, a money order, a cashier's check. What are they for? How do you, how do you keep track of your monies? how to save properly and be positively vigilant about seeing your goal to fruition. So teaching people about the proper methods for garnering, you know, their money in their life for me is a game changer and eye opener for achieving success in life. You know, because, you know, they say money is the root of all evil. I understand that, but you don't let it be where it rules you, you rule it. I feel this knowledge can greatly contribute towards the diminishing of poverty in this country, which can then result in increasing the middle class as well as millionaires and billionaires in this country. You know what I mean? So what do you think about what I said so far? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I agree that that financial, you know, um, training is is lacking, but it has been actually lacking for quite a while. I mean, a long time. You know, mm-hmm. there's a a person who wrote. I forgot the gentleman's name. You know, rich man, poor man. It, it's mm-hmm. basically that. You know, um, if 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 uh, if the father and mothers don't teach their children how to be successful and don't teach them about these things, <clears throat> then, you know, they end up being poor. And, but mm-hmm. if they do, they can end up being rich. I mean, it's really, it's a, it's a distinction and it's all part of that wealth generation and, you know, um, you know, over, over generations, well, wealth generation over generations. Right. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> but a lot of people, as we know, have given their children over to the school system to totally train. And they've given mm-hmm. them, they don't, they don't just do anything basic with like, their kids, like try training them yeah. um, on a lot of areas. And this is one of them. And financial is, 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 is an area that, that they don't, they don't, um, they don't train them on mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, that combined with the, um, kind of uh, the the phone applications, I'll I'll just call them the internet applications, mm-hmm. moving a lot of financial activities away from paper, away from checks. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> those have also contributed. Now mm-hmm. you can you know we've had many discussions, and you can say that you know, that those are more convenient, that it's easier to just get on your phone and transfer money to someone or <clears throat> pay a bill online. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have huge concerns and I've had, you know, like I said, we've had these discussions, huge concerns with the security exactly. and the availability of these apps. See, mm-hmm. the thing is, <clears throat> if there's no internet, um, all that stuff crashes. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are you going to do <laughs> if it, it, you don't even, yeah, I'm sorry. If you, if you don't even know how to go get a money order from the post office or write a check or mm-hmm. have checks <laughs> or pay your me, bill, what are you going to do? 
Yeah, or yeah. go to the or, or go to the uh, facility itself and pay the bill cash and get a receipt and keep record of that receipt. You know, yeah. so, you know, the, the, but see, this is the thing. You're you're exactly correct. This this um, this world has been moving too quick, fast in a hurry for a while now. And so now here we are, you know, everything is, is on the Internet. And while people are on the Internet and like I was explaining to um, a, a woman last week, we were talking and I was telling her that, you know, uh, she was saying that she does everything on the Internet and and, and uh, she's gotten, you know, she didn't use the word compromise. She's gotten compromised a few times. but she could. Yep. I'm like, you know, well, I don't do uh, my stuff on the Internet. I'm a young woman with an old fashioned twist and I do it very well. Because remember when uh, Bush was in office, uh, you know, the last one, George W., when he was in office and the Internet shut down Mm -hmm. and people could not get any money or anything for a few days. They were basically kind of totalitarian on their on their uh, um, issuance of saying, and, you know, you're going to have to wait for it. It was like three or four days. To some people, that may not matter, but to most people, I am willing to bet it mattered a whole hell of a lot. But here's the whole thing. What do we learn? Michelle Kubis and I have talked about this before. Another one of my guests. People, um, this is not a generalized statement, but a good amount of people just don't learn. They just keep doing yeah. the same thing over <laughs> and over and over again. So, yeah, you know, it would be even worse today if something oh like my that God. happened. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And the thing Much is, worse. is and, and you and I know that people get compromised on every day. They just don't yeah. say anything about it. So, well, you know, I'm sorry. There, there's a, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, remember, uh, there's a stat <clears throat> on one of these commercials we see that, you know, people's identities get stolen every three seconds. A person's mm-hmm. identity in this country gets stolen every three seconds. Mm-hmm. A huge reason behind that is because a lot of these online services, the last thing they think about is security mm-hmm. and they get compromised <clears throat> all mm-hmm. the time. Again, a lot of times you don't even hear about it. Mm-hmm. And that information is getting out there onto the dark web and they use, they buy, people buy that information uh, on identities and they go ahead and set up fake identities as uh, you know, with other people's credit and everything else. Yeah. And it's a major problem. Yeah. And uh, for example, HSN and QVC, I'm sure a lot of you all out there know that. Well, I do buy things for H from HSN and or QVC, but here's the thing, because I'm very, um, I don't know, very on top of, uh, on, on things. I'm very much on top of things. And, um, when, as I was talking to the lady, you know, I just felt compelled to ask her, what card number do you have? And then she, you know, through, through the years that I've been with them and she's telling me, you know, so they're keeping your information unbeknowing to you. You did not give them authorization, which they admitted to me that, no, we don't have that authorization to keep your card, but we just do it. So I said to the lady, I said, so, so when things happen, see, this is, and I told her the business that, that I was in and things like that. And I told her that the, this is one of the reasons that people get compromised on because these companies only concern is the money is bringing in the money, Brian, you know what I'm saying? It's just, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Oh yeah. And then you have to tell them you know, to take your card off of their record that you don't want it to be on the record. But get this. So, you know, me being the, you know, then here comes the law and the judge comes in. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that this is the, if I want to purchase this item, this is the only way I could purchase it. She says, oh no, if you want, you can send us a money order. Now I just educated you guys on something who does QVC at HSN. If you want to purchase something from them, you can pay for it via a check or money order. Okay, so there. But but anyhow, um, back to the uh, educational system and teaching kids financing. Uh, When we were in school, we had to learn, um, you know, accounting. We had to learn bookkeeping. People go, oh, well, people don't bookkeep anymore. Well, you know what? Yes, they do. But it's all done online now. So everybody can see everything that you got and what you're doing and everything else. Just like Brian just explained that 
a lot of information goes onto what they call the dark web. And the reason they call it the dark web is because they steal. And so, and that, that has a very uh, spiritual connotation to it because whatever is, is done in the dark should be, you know, it'll come to light because that that's, you know, once that you found out that you've been compromised and that's because it was done, done in the dark. I hope you all got that. I got it, but I hope you all got it. But I got it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, so anyway, I, I think you know that um um uh, people uh, that the educational system in this country is dumbing our, our kids down. And and you made the, the point that parents aren't teaching their children about the importance of finances, how to save and this and well, a lot of parents don't know how to do that themselves. So therefore, this is why it's always a rollover of, you know, I'm just getting by. I'm living from paycheck to paycheck because that's what they have always seen. See, people don't understand. Well, no one, you know, I wasn't taught this. No, you were because teaching is not only a, 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 a teacher standing in front of the classroom talking about this statement or talking about that statement. You learn just by going outside and learning that, oh, they closed up. Uh, Seven Avenue and 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 uh, Park Avenue as they're going to be doing this. You're seeing what your parents do or your uncles or your aunts or whoever it is, your friends, their their parents or whatever it is, what you're reading, what you're seeing on TV. All of these things are tools of knowledge. That's going to be another talk on my next show. So the the thing is, is that all of this is dumbing our populace down. And, you know, then they grow up to be grownups and they don't understand the concept, Brian and my listeners, of the importance of how you're governing your money. And, you know, now parents out there know, I don't think kids need to know um, what what your salary is uh, or how much is in the savings or whatever. I'm just saying just. General, generally, take them to the bank with you, for example, or <clears throat> excuse me, to the post office or at your grocery store and get a money order or whatever, and show them all of these simplistic things are foundations. And the reason that we have a lot of failing things in our educational system, Brian, is because they totally are skipping over foundational teachings that are important tools. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Foundation, and I was going to say that before, but I, I, I kind of went around it. Uh, I think it's, 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 a, it's a huge deficit to children to allow them to bypass the foundational training mm-hmm. and, and learn all of the history behind things, like, like exactly what we were talking about, right? Um, mm-hmm. Um, you know, how to open a bank account, you know, how to write checks, how to do all the basic stuff on paper. How do we do everything on paper? They should mm-hmm. learn that first mm-hmm. as a way to, and then if, you know, they wish to proceed, you know, as adults and utilize, you know, um, these, these online tools and all of that for convenience, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at least let them make them aware that, you know, this stuff isn't secure as they think that, you know, let them aware, make them aware of, of the basics first. So then they can always go back. Um, something we, we are always laugh about, um, like uh, um, Ellen has, has the, this, this episode on her show uh, where she brings up millennials and have them, have them do things um, with, with, you know, what like they call old telephone. time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That was exactly the one I was going to tell. I'm going to talk about. It's like, <laughs> okay, how do how do you make a phone call on a rotary phone? Mm-hmm. And you know, they had this this, this millennial uh, there who was you know she was like <clears throat> you know she, she tried to <laughs> dial the number and then pick up the receiver <laughs> yeah. because that's what you do on your iPhone, okay. right? Uh-huh. You punch, you put in the number, and then you hit call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I can yeah. I can see her brain working along those lines <laughs> and, and she and never figured exactly, it out she never figured it out no. and that's exactly the kind of thing that you know it's, it's just a it's a it's a shortcut uh mm-hmm. analogy but mm-hmm. people are having the same issues when 
you know, they're using these tools and then they get their identity compromised. And it's like, I didn't know any of that. Well, that's because no one taught them. (laughs) Well, that was my next question. You know, do you think that if more people knew in layman terms, which is what we're talking about, just the very basics about how to achieve financial success in their life? And by the way, financial success, you know, in, you know, in individuals lives vary because people look at success, how they look at it. A lot of people are just comfortable with having this or that or, or whatever. So that's why I say that it varies. But so you, you, you basically, you, 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 you've answered that, you know, that, and, and I'm just expounding on it, that I feel that in layman's terms, um, uh, you know, if people knew about financial success and um, and and how to achieve it. And I, I think that that would be I, I think that we would have um, that would help is not going to be the the impetus of of um, lowering um, the poverty rate in this country. However, it would be a I feel a, a you know, a good qualifier on people, you know, knowing that, OK, I don't have the ability to do this. So, and, you know, until I can do this, like you said before, okay, I'm going to pay my bills this way, this way, that way, you know, I'm going to use the money orders. I'm going to use cashier checks or whatever, you know, uh, when you go to the bank, I mean, I see it now when, when I go to the bank and these are baby boomers and grown people and they act as though they have never been into a bank before. Oh, uh, what is, Oh, what do I, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. So I just, I just wish that our school system would do better. I mean, in 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 teaching children, in teaching our children. You know, uh, we you and I talked about just very quickly as a side note. Um, you and I talked about how children are not taught cursive. You know, it's it's ridiculous, and that it's okay to sign your name with an X or some symbol. Well, you yeah. know. I'm not a hundred years old, but I'm very smart and I'm a historian. And when you talk to people about things, Brian, they want to say, well, I'm not old enough at that. That's a cop out. I'm bringing that back to that's a cop out. And what a cop out is, is that that's an excuse that you don't know what I'm talking about. So the thing is, is that back in the day when people signed their name with an X. That equaled that you were illiterate. Yep. See, so that's what I'm saying, that this is why we have a large number of functioning illiterates in this country. You know, the educational system just sucks. And I just want them to do better. And for all of the parents out there who know about what I'm talking about and, you know, make time with your kids. You know, my parents sat down with us and 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 we knew it was demanded. Oh, no, it was it was demanded. You did, you know, speak properly. You knew about prepositional phrases. You pronounced your vowels and consonants. You knew how to add without, (laughs) you know, this computer stuff. So, you know, but good discussion. I want to. Yeah. Thanks, Brian, for that. I want to move on now. I came across a very interesting article here. U.S. economy grew five point seven percent in 2021. Fastest full-year clip since 1984, despite, and I'm saying that again, listeners, despite ongoing pandemic. This is an article by Andrew Van Dam and Rachel Siegel. And it says in part, the U.S. economy grew 5.7% in 2021, the fastest full-year clip since 1984, roaring back in the pandemic's second year, despite two new virus variants that rocked this nation. The growth was uneven with the burst of government spending, helping propel a fast start, even as a surge in new cases and deaths in the second half of the year created new pressures. The economy grew 6.9% from October to December. The Bureau of Economic Analysis said Thursday, a sharp acceleration from the 2.3% it grew in the previous quarter. Now, the economic growth created a record 6.4% million jobs in 2021, but also brought with it a host of complications, helping fuel the highest inflation in 40 years and creating supply chain snarls 
as consumers hungry for products overwhelm the global delivery system. To beat back rising prices, the Federal Reserve is now shifting its strategy and preparing for multiple interest rate hikes this year. Okay. So now, Brian, while the Omicron variant had begun its vicious surge by the end of 2021, economists didn't expect to see any fallout in Thursday's data. Rather, forecasters anticipated that the GDP report, that's the growth, you know, domestic product, would represent a year of blockbuster growth despite the ongoing unpredictability of the pandemic economy from labor shortages to supply chain backlogs to inflation. Earlier in the year, economists worried the global supply chain issues would keep businesses from being able to keep shelves fully stocked. But a rush by companies in the final months of 2021 to bolster their inventories ultimately um, drive GDP much higher as companies started to refill empty storerooms. So now in your face, all of the Republican legislators who have been saying that under the Biden administration, and yes, I am a Biden fan, so get over yourselves, under the Biden administration, that, you know, the shelves were empty. You even had this person that was in there before him, who I don't know why he's even able to roam with all of the stuff that he has done, um, saying that the grocery store shelves were empty and this and that. It's not only... Um, you know, it is to do with the supply chain management, but there are other um, uh, there are other uh, variants, <laughs> for lack of a, a better word right now, that are um, stopping the, the supply chain management to do the thing that it needs to do. And that is one of the main components of this, Brian and my listeners, is that people, uh, you know, there's a huge um, labor gap a huge labor shortage in truck drivers and all of the other elements for all of us who majored in business, um, a bachelor of science in business management, know the elements of that makes a, a qualifying supply chain management. So a lot of these things are missing in this supply chain management. You understand what I'm saying, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and to, to key off of uh, one of your, points here about uh, the labor shortage, um, <clears throat> CompTIA uh, reported for 2020, and I don't, I don't have uh, newer data for last year, but in 2020, there were 3.9 million tech job openings that were unfilled. Um, and you hear, you get different reports from a lot of different people. Um, a lot of different organizations have, they throw around a lot of numbers. So I don't know how accurate that is compared to mm -hmm. others, mm -hmm. but the key is that there's a lot, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. a lot of jobs out there yes. that we do not have the manpower to yes. actually take on. And, I, and to say one more thing, I, I saw this ad for one of these companies that, that certain, you know, provide, training to get people certified to, to work in IT. And I was kind of taken aback um, by the fact that they said that they can get someone with absolutely no computer experience certified in five months. And I'm, you know, I'm the last person to think that, you know, you have to have a four-year degree <clears throat> in something, you know, I'm more than happy to, ha to utilize um, you know, employees uh, for my, you know, for, for my work, um, you know, when I'm, ma I'm managing people, I'm, I'm more than happy to have people who are certified. <clears throat> um, but it's, it, it, you know, I think there's a, there's all, there's, there's a lot of different factors to all this that there, there are these, I think that that kind of stuff is a scam, a bit of a scam mm -hmm. uh, thinking that people making people think that they're just going to be able to walk into a high paying tech job after five months and they don't really have e even an enthusiastic uh, ability in on computers uh, in terms of using them. Um, but, and the other thing we've talked about a lot is, you know, uh, again, the last, the previous administration who you, you mentioned also mm -hmm. um, actually shut down 
and reduced um, all the programs that allowed workers to work legally in this country. Uh, mm -hmm. Tech workers in particular are needed. <clears throat> and they reduced those numbers dramatically. And of course, all the issues with, you know, the border wall and even just people coming in here in this country to do farm work, uh, just you know, any, any kind of temporary work got totally messed up <laughs> um, exactly. with these with these new policies. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and we should be embracing having people come here to do temporary work because bottom line is we need them and we need them to grow our GDP, which is the whole it, point it, of this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, um, it, as, as I said, once again, anyone who has uh, has studied this, read it, majored in uh, uh, business management, know that, you know, the, the, the varying layers of what makes a successful, thriving economy. And it and it's not just the, the few people at the top, you know, because a few people at the top are not going to be going to the Walmarts of the world or the targets of the world. Although sometimes you'll see some some Hollywood person or whatever. Oh, I made a target run or whatever. Yeah, we're right. Whatever. By you making that one run ever so often is not what's going to keep Target or Walmart or any other any of the other stores that's in that category afloat. Um, I, I do want to say that um, this is uh, great news for me. Um, I, I, I love it. Um, I also, as a side note, then I'm going to jump back because I'm kind of going back and forth because we're running out of time. And that I want to say that, you know, there is a Supreme Court, Breyer, I believe his name is, and he's going to be stepping down and uh, President Biden gets to put um, an individual in there. And, and, I, and I love that. I wanted to quickly um, go go through that if I you know if I have the time, but um, but but anyhow, um, uh, what I wanted to say is that also Brian that uh, Republicans you know are saying a lot about uh, a lot of untruths about what's going on you know like um, that that person that was in before Biden uh, he uh, I, I can't listen to it but the little snippet of his. Um, speech that he he did he said people are complaining to him and why would someone be complaining to him but you know whatever maybe they are whatever um that their shelves are empty in the grocery stores well that's not true okay um there there are some growth there are some there's not like you know a stockpile of things like we just talked about and it's because of the lack of the supply chain management and that's because there wasn't i don't think that as I said before, that the powers to be saw, you know, foresaw this and or tried to put in some type of um, um, some type of uh, steps that would that would prevent this, you know, from happening. Um, and, you know, like I said, there the Republicans are saying a lot of untruths about this situation from my perspective. And um, there's a and the thing is, is that they're saying things and saying things and there's a lot of blame with no resolution or resolutions or sufficient evidence to show up what they're talking about. You know, um, this article also says, Brian, that the economy has made tremendous strides since being gutted by the coronavirus pandemic in the spring of 2020. And the Biden administration often totes, uh, often totes uh, last year's gains as a vote of confidence for Democrats sprawling stimulus measures, which juiced the broader economy and cushion people's pocketbooks. The Federal Reserve, too, has kept up enormous support for the financial system and has only recently mounted an aggressive effort to unwind its pandemic era intervention. So since June of last year, economists have raised their inflation excuse me, forecast by 1.1% points, according to a survey by Walters, Kluwer's blue chip economic indicators over that time, they lowered their expectations for GDP growth by the same about 1.1 percentage points. Now, what I would like to say, um, uh, uh, you know, about this, and then I want to quickly um, <laughs> move on real quick, uh, uh, Brian, is that, as I've said before, CBS had reported recently, you and I were looking at a report about the, you know, the problems of getting uh, people to work in this country. 
that's in it was in the farming that they discussed and also in the restaurant venue. Do you remember that report on CBS Sunday News? And and yeah, and so they 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 talked about the the reporter talked about he went to New York and um, there's signs out there for uh, at, you know, for the restaurant business. This one particular individual that they homed in on is that he has a business where he will train. And I talked about this on my previous program where he will train individuals so that they can go on and and own a restaurant, become a baker or restaurateur or whatever it is that they want to be. And so he had this big whopping sign out there. And so the interviewer says, you know, to him, you know, that he has he has gone out and gotten people from varying other countries. The excuse me, the interviewer said to him, well, 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 my goodness, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Well, what do you think the people here in the United States will think? about, you know, you going out getting people from other countries to come and work these jobs. They'll be saying, you're taking our jobs. He says, well, let me let me show you this sign. He brought up, he took him out there, signed almost five feet tall. He said, this sign has been sitting out here for a year. And not one American has come in. Same thing with the farmers. The farmers are now going over to uh, other countries and they're bringing people in for six months to do the farming. So go figure, okay? So much for that. Let's move on, Brian. Got a, got a few minutes. Um, CBS News reported uh, by Melissa Quinn on 127-2022. Meet the women who could be Biden's pick for the next Supreme Justice Court. And I am applauding on my end. There are all women of color. Uh, one of them is named Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. They, uh, she was uh, one of Mr. Biden's first picks for the federal judiciary as president and is considered to be the front runner for the Supreme Court. California Supreme Court Justice Leandra Kruger hails from the home state of Vice President Kamala Harris and has been a member of the highest court since 2014. She was nominated by the California Supreme Court at just 38 years of age, then by then Governor Jerry Brown. Another candidate is Judge J. Michelle Childs. She was formally nominated to the D.C. court by Mr. Biden earlier this month and has served as a judge on the U.S. District Court in South Carolina since 2010. The next one is Judge Candace Jackson Akiwumi. Now, she was one of the first group of Mr. Biden's judicial nominees and was a partner at the Washington, D.C. firm Zuckerman Spader until her nominations to the 7th U.S. Uh, Circuit Court of Appeals in 2021. Impressive list, I say, Brian. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. And uh, as a reminder that, you know, President Biden promised this, that he was going to nominate a woman of color um, mm-hmm. for any, you know, any Supreme Court role that that have opened up. <clears throat> and um, personally speaking, um, I would love to see you nominated because you're a oh. judge, you're a woman of color. I'm very proud, you, proud of what you've done. Thank you, my darling. From your mouth to, you know, from God's ears to your mouth, you know, yeah. back, back and forth <laughs> Absolutely. And, and things like that. Yeah, that that would be fantastic, you know. And I, I also um, very quickly, um, I think I probably have about a minute or 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 something. I'm not I'm not sure um, how much uh, time I have left, but I know I'm running out of time is that um, I wanted to talk about all of the voter um registrations, um, growing um, discrepancies um, here in this country, um, uh, you know, directly pertaining to people of color. And I said this before, and I'll say this again, um, um, there there has not been a person of color, I'm sorry, a, a white person that had to contend with, oh, my voting rights are, are up in 10 years or 15 years or whatever it is that, that uh, the, you know, the legislation comes up with. In from for my in my opinion, um, uh, listeners, that once this was said and done back in the sixties under um, President Johnson's administration, that should have been it. You have the right to vote. That's it. Period. None of all of this this craziness about uh, gerrymandering and all of this. And I want to say to all the people of color out there that if your vote was not important, because I've talked to a lot of people of color and I and I have often gotten this response. Well, my vote doesn't matter. It does matter. I want you to know that it does matter because from the very simplistic point. 
listeners, if it didn't matter, they would not be doing all of this gerrymandering and making up stupid, all kind of stupid things so that you cannot get out there and vote. I thank you for listening to me. I got the cue for my for my fabulous engineer, uh, Randy, and I enjoyed you listening to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. It was a great conversation. I hope you all out there enjoyed it. And I hope that you've learned something and it sprouts conversations among you and your family, your friends and and things of that nature. Go out and make a, a supreme day. We are living. This is a great time to be living in spite of everything that's happening. Help help yourself and then go out and help others. I'll be talking to you next month. This is Teresa E. Keys. Here's Teresa. Go out and make it a fabulous day.